Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. These days, eggnog is a drink for all holiday revelers, with recipes and store-bought varieties to fit every need. Dairy or non, sugary and flavored like peppermint mocha or a little more plain, alcoholic or not. Before the invention of refrigeration technology around the turn of the 20th century, Including alcohol would have helped make it safer to drink the raw eggs and milk involved in making eggnog. But, of course, that's not the only reason that people drink alcohol. Oh, and, uh, hey, drink responsibly. Not only is that good advice, it's also the moral of this episode. Because on Christmas Eve of 1826, at least 70 West Point cadets, including future Confederate President Jefferson Davis and his future general Robert E. Lee, got rip-roaring drunk on prohibitedly alcoholic eggnog, assaulted two officers, and nearly destroyed the North Barracks. They broke windows, threw furniture, shattered plates, and tore banisters from stairways. Their noisy antics drew the attention of the officers assigned to guard against just such shenanigans. A subsequent surprise inspection of student quarters revealed a veritable Where's Waldo of drunk cadets, poorly hidden under blankets and behind hats. And in the hours that followed, the booze made them brave and reckless. 
so much so that they grabbed weapons and threatened to fight back against any superior who tried to identify them, let alone rein them in. Alcohol was strictly forbidden at West Point in the early 1820s. The military academy stationed on the west bank of the Hudson River was, after all, run by Colonel Sylvanus Thayer, a stern superintendent bent on instilling discipline. If a student were caught possessing alcohol or under the influence of alcohol, expulsion and arrest weren't far behind. Uh, Plus, West Point, just 50 miles, that's 80 kilometers north of New York City, had its reputation to consider. When West Point accepted its first class in 1802, a mere 10 students assembled in a handful of haphazard buildings. New students interested in joining the ranks were admitted at any time throughout the year with few questions. Then came the War of 1812, and Congress, hungry for military success, installed Thayer to get the academy into shape. By 1826, Thayer had done just as he was commanded, and that was the year he outlawed alcohol at West Point up to and including on Christmas Eve. So the students conspired, and that night they broke out their secret stash of liquor, about four gallons of the cheapest whiskey they could find, then lugged it across the Hudson River and bribed a guard 35 cents to let them bring it onto campus, where they hid it among their personal effects. Imagine whiskey in boots, coat pockets, under mattresses and blankets, until the moment it was hastily mixed with eggs, milk, and a few spices to become eggnog. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Cyrus Ropers of Arousing Appetites, a food blog focused on recreating traditional recipes from cuisines all over the world. He said, There are a lot of different theories as to how eggnog came about, but there's a solid consensus that medieval Europe played a large role in its creation. Many believe that eggnog is an offshoot of an old drink called posset, which is hot milk curdled with wine or brandy and some added spices. Originally, says Ropers, posset was the preferred drink of Europe's one percenters, thanks to the cost of alcohol, spices, and dairy alike. But it didn't take long before this beverage of wealthy nobility became available to and popular with the average person, and hopped continents. As non-noble colonists in North America began owning land and livestock, they started using readily available ingredients, like milk, eggs, and liquor, to whip up their own version. Ropers said, Brandy and wine remained a European luxury, however, so Americans replaced it with the much more available, cheaper rum, uh, thanks to their Caribbean neighbors. The trade and work of enslaved Africans in the Caribbean had led to the production of a lot of sugar, of which molasses is a byproduct, uh, from which, in turn, rum can be distilled. Around the same time, the whiskey industry was starting up in America, and as West Point cadets, among others, discovered, that was an acceptable substitute, too. So, back to Christmas Eve of 1826. As the eggnog riot, sometimes called the grog mutiny, stretched into Christmas morning, the revelry escalated. Students who weren't busy dismantling the barracks or fistfighting among themselves armed themselves with guns and swords in preparation for a battle with West Point's artillerymen, who they mistakenly expected to be summoned to subdue them. But then the eggnog's effects began to wear off. Morning roll call revealed a corps staggering to line up, with about a third of the 260 cadets somewhere along the eggnog continuum of well-oiled to full-on hungover. Thayer elected to censure only the most destructive revelers, and neither Jefferson Davis nor Robert E. Lee were among them. In the end, 19 cadets were expelled. 
When the new barracks were built in the 1840s, they included crowd control measures that prevented cadets from gathering in such large numbers. And there's no word on whether any of them ever drank eggnog again. Today's episode is based on the article, Ridiculous History, When West Point Cadets Rioted Over Eggnog in 1826, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by L'Oreal Dove. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 